ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Hey. Mark Nodman, welcome back to ATV Talk, sir. How are you? Great, Leonard. Uh, glad to be back and uh, ready to dive into this. Excellent. So what we're going to talk about today, I, I know you have already a brief idea, you know, being that you have your finger, fingers in a lot of different things in the GNCC. Um, what's, what's going on and what's the scuttlebutt uh, with the series, you know, other than Bryce and Neil seems to be on a roll? It's been tight racing all year long. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you know, Bryson won the opener and then Walker followed it up with back to back wins at Florida and Georgia. Um, after that, it's just been, uh, pretty much a dogfight every race. Walker's done a lot of, you know, a lot of the leading, um, I should say up until, you know, the end of the race had a few little mistakes or, or what have you. Um, that has ultimately cost him the win. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've, uh, looking at the results, doesn't really look like a bad year. It's been consistent other than, uh, the one race at the John Patton GNCC had a mechanical failure. We, uh, caught a rock up in the rear sprocket guard and derailed the chain and ended up breaking it. So ended, ended our day there, which was very unfortunate. Uh, lost a lot of points. Still a good bit of racing left. There's five rounds left and, uh, you know, we'll go to snowshoe next, which anything can happen there. So we're going to keep fighting, see if uh, we can, you know, make something happen here. You know, I, I mean, I, I did a lot of watching of Hunter Hart uh, last year. You know, I mean, he was making a splash and he was making a statement and, and he seems to be having an up and down year as well. Yeah, he started uh, started year off slow. Last couple of races, he's finally, I think, found his, his groove and his flow. And he's been running up front with Bryson and Walker. So hopefully he can continue that these next five. I think uh, after last last race, he's in third in the points. 
So that's good. Um, you know, I think he had uh, just feeling a little under the weather. I think uh, around like three, four, five, somewhere in there. Um, he was dealing with some stuff, but I think he's got uh, got that out of the way. And um, yeah, I think he's he's been putting in the work, so he's uh, proven that he can be a front runner with them guys. When I look at when I look at some of the pictures from some of the races, um, they seem to be. You know, there's always mud when it comes to cross country racing, but they seem to be drier than than most. Where the motocross guys are having to deal with all this mud, you guys seem to be dealing with a little bit drier conditions. Yeah, we've we've been pretty fortunate this year with uh, decent weather. We had a couple so so races. Uh, the Hoosier in Indiana was a little bit muddy. Um, we actually thought it was going to be a lot worse. We we prepped for mud. Saturday morning before the race, but uh, sun come out, the wind come out, and dried the place right up. So it uh, turned out to be a pretty good day. Other than that, I think uh, I really can't think of you know anything that was real bad. Georgia was a little bit muddy. Um, the same thing; it, it dried out Saturday morning and uh, the morning race, which is good. You know, with GNCC racing, you got the morning race that goes off at eleven o'clock. So. There's two hours of racing before us, so they uh, blow the top layer of mud off, and typically by the time we go off at two o'clock, it's you know get down in the good dirt and um, have good racing conditions. I'm going to ask a question about the laps led, and then remind me. I want to come back and talk to you about the track conditions after all those amateurs go out there and 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 women pros and four by four pros go out there and destroy the track uh, or yep. make the track. One of the two. Yep. So the laps led. Yes. I've seen in the results finishes and the things that walkers in the lead a lot. That's characteristically normal. Yep. We've, uh, you know, Walker's been great with the whole shots. Um, that's been one of his strong points. I think to win in so many championships, you know, he's been able to get out front early and last couple of years, you know, kind of run away with it. But now that Bryson's been able to match the speed, not saying the the whole shot's not as important, but I mean, it's still very, very crucial, um, you know, to get out front early, top three, top four. Um, Like I said, he's, he's led a lot of the laps just comes down to a last lap mistake or taking the wrong line, Bryson, you know, taking a different line, getting around him. Um, this past weekend led pretty much the first three laps. Bryson got around him, I think the end of the second, beginning of the third, can't remember, um, very early in the third. And we were actually able to get Walker back out in front of Bryson in the, in the fuel stop. That was good. And Walker led that whole next lap until we got to, until we got to pro row and just kind of drifted the corner coming into pro row. And there was these strips of gravel through pro row that they were racing across. And as he was drifting, you know, on the pro row, caught that one of those gravel patches and it just cartwheeled the bike. Nothing, uh, nothing he could really do about it. And unfortunately lost the lead there too. And, you know, by the time he got up, got going, Bryson was probably 15 seconds out and claws a little bent up. Walker tried to make a push, just, uh, you know, couldn't make a gap up. So just kind of backed it down a little bit and just made sure he got second for a bit. 
Yeah, those those points are always valuable, you know, especially when you're chasing. And I know Walker's not used to that or hasn't been used to it for years. Um let's let let's get into the track. When you when you go and walk the track on Fridays, which which I'm assuming you guys do, or is it Saturday mornings? Walker goes out and bikes, um bikes the tracks on his Yamaha e-bike. So that's that's been a nice uh, addition. That's cheating. <laughs> it is, but it's legal. So, right? <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to pedal that mountain bike, not not uh, you know, get just twist a little throttle there. Yeah, hey, they're they're pedal assist, so you still got to pedal. It's not yeah. the uh, you know the full you know that has the the twist throttle, and you can not even pedal. So. They uh they come in handy for sure. It's it beats it still beats the uh you know the days of walking the track like we used to do, you know, back before the e bikes came out and before everybody had mountain bikes, you know, used to walk eight, ten miles, you know, on Friday. Yeah, I don't want to get into the e bike thing, but they got a little bit bigger, little fatter tire, so it's a little easier to ride in that in that condition. I'm sure it's awesome. I haven't got to ride a Yamaha. I've only actually ridden two electric mountain bikes and and pissed both ways because I just purchased a conventional bike a couple of years ago. And yep. after you have all that money in that one, you just really, I mean, I got to go spend all that to an electric bike. No, not going to happen. <laughs> no, not going to happen yeah. right away. I, I, I yeah. someday, but not right now. The Yamaha is very affordable, affordable too, compared to the specialized. Some of the specialized you can get, you know, $12,000 wrapped up one in one of them, which is just insane. But the, uh, Yamaha e-bikes are reasonably priced. I think they're right around fifty-five hundred bucks retail, and um, they have great components on them, just as good as the Specialized. So it's, well, it's uh, definitely been a game changer. I'll definitely have to look into that when it comes time to buy one. Yep. How much different is the track? Because you were a racer too. You you know where I'm going with this. How much different is the track on? the afternoon race from the morning race with all of those other amateurs going out there, you know, the four by four guys are out there, you know, how much different is it? Or how many more new lines are there? The tracks change quite a bit from Friday till, you know, our race on Saturday. Um, just like you said, different lines develop, um, especially if you get into, you know, real muddy conditions, you can have a bottleneck and you can have a track that's a hundred, 200 feet wide, you know, at certain places, just trying to make it through. Um, you know, obviously you got to try to stay within the, the March course, which is 25 foot of either side of the track. But, you know, you get uh, muddy conditions like we were just talking about. It, it can open up, you know, 100, 200 feet in certain spots. And um, that can definitely, you know, definitely change the course of the race. Um, you get, you know, one guy taking one line and, you know, somebody else takes a line completely over here. And it, you just got to try to stay on the, you know, as close as you can to the mark course. I mean, there's times that you get, you know, a little bit further off, but, you know, um, but yeah, it definitely changes, changes things from biking or walking the track on Friday till, you know, race time. You can get out there thinking, you know, the track and get out there and, you know, the track goes, you know, so far out this way just because of a, a muddle. Yeah, that's that's crazy. The the difference 
and, and, and if he's leading on the first lap, he has to make all those decisions for he's making them basically for everybody else because a lot of those guys are just going to follow. Correct. Correct. Obviously. I mean, um, once you get further into the race, you know, people experiment with different lines and that's kind of, I think what's been happening here towards the end of the race, you know, Walker's been taking some different lines than Bryson has. And, you know, they've been paying off for, for Bryson instead of Walker. That's, that's kind of what it sounds like. Yep. Did you, I'm going to go backwards a little bit here. Did you think that Bryson would come out this strong after that broken leg? Um, wasn't broken leg, but it was, uh, you know, pretty bad knee injury. Um, well, broken no. <laughs> knee injury, broken leg, <laughs> the wing's not working. So, yep. I figured he'd be strong. I didn't think he would be as strong as he was, you know, just right off the get go first round, you know, he was up there basically bound for a win all day. Um, until that, you know, that line that he got on Walker the last lap. But no, to answer your question, no, I didn't think he would be as strong as he was. I figured he would be a a championship contender as the season wore on. Um, you know, I thought there would be some other guys in the mix, you know, bound for a win earlier. But we're eight rounds into this, and it's been Walker and Bryson bound for the win week in, week out. Um, other than that, you know, DNF we had here at uh, Millfield, it's been Walker and Bryce in one, two spot all year. Yeah. It, 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 if you look back at some of the the competitors that are, that are coming up, um, you know, uh, Feehan and, uh, is it uh, Cole? And, um, I am going to butcher Junior's last name, so I'm just trying to not say it. <laughs> he goes by Junior anyway, so. Well, I, I save. <laughs> uh, I mean, those three young men, and I'm not excluding Hunter because I always was thinking Hunter was closer to, to Walker and Bryson. Um, but those three young men uh, last year at the end of the year were coming on super strong and having some good finishes. I was thinking that we could possibly see one of them farther up the podium this year. Yeah, Dev Feehan had come out swinging, I should say, the first uh, first couple rounds. Not that he was necessarily battling for a win, but you know he was a podium guy. He's uh, had some had some struggles the last couple weeks. I don't know exactly what they are. You know, he had a uh, a DNF at at Millfield as well, the same same race as we did. So that was uh, you know bad for him. But Junior, um, you know, he's been putting on, you know, he, he's definitely made some strides to the front from last year. I don't think anybody really seen that one coming, but he's been a, you know, third, fourth, fifth place guy pretty much all year. I think the last week or two, or the last race or two, he's, you know, kind of been off pace a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was hoping to see some more guys up in the mix for, wins you know it would have been nice to see uh you know three four guys all of them duking it out but it's been walker and bryson pretty much stretching it out and putting there's been a couple races it was minutes 
over second, third place. Well, they seem to have a respectful, strong rivalry with one another. It's neither one wants to be beat by the other one. Yeah, I mean, it's been good, good, uh, good, clean racing all year, which is which is good. Um, and I mean, the speed some guys are running, you gotta you gotta race each other clean because if not, somebody's gonna get hurt. And uh, you know, if one of them have a have a crash, it's 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 not gonna be an easy one for sure. I know that Walker possibly had some injuries. How how is he? How is his health? He's good. He's good. He's he's one hundred percent. He he tweaked his knee there at the end of end of last year at uh, the last round, but um, you know he rehabbed it over over the winter and he's uh, it feels just as good as his his good knee. In fact, I think his his good knee hurts worse than uh, hurts worse than the one he hurt. So um, no, he's 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 good. He's healthy, hundred percent. You know, training every every week and riding. So nothing, really nothing uh, holding him back. Have you guys made any bike changes to any of the any of the team guys, the, the guys that you work on? Are, are there any big changes that have came out of the year so far? No, no real big changes. Walker's been playing with some suspension stuff here and there. Hunter's played with some clicker changes here and there. Um, but for the most part, everything's stayed about the same. That's cool. I, I know that Adam finished farther up the, the, the chain last race as well. Yeah. Adam was up there. I don't know where he ended up. I think he was sixth. Fifth, sixth. Yeah. I knew, I knew he was up in there, which that's, that was a good race for him. Um, he was closer to the front than, than I expected to see him, you know, further up than, than he has been the first, first couple of rounds. So that was good. Uh, Cole finally got back up in the mix there. I think he ended up fourth. Uh, Chris, Works. He was having a good ride until I think he hit a tree and then uh, fought up. He ended up finishing outside the top twenty, I believe. But yeah, he finished farther down. Um, I know that Johnny. I've been trying to watch Johnny's finishes. He had one off finish, but then he's 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 always like a, a, a ninth, tenth, eleventh guy. He's he's been in in closer to nine most of yep. the, most of the year. Uh, Josh Merritt said he had a practice crash um, before the last race. And when I talked to him before the race, he, he, he his mind was a hundred percent, but I don't think his body was actually. He took a pretty good spill. I was actually there. Uh, it was Johnny, myself and, and Josh riding uh, one of Walker's crash tracks. Walker wasn't in town. Uh, the three of us went road and there's, uh, there's, one big tree on the side of a on the side of a downhill, and Josh hit the downhill a little too hard and clipped the tree, and it's it's about a fifty foot drop, and I think Josh fell probably forty five of it, and uh, the bike ended up coming down and hitting him, but he got on. That was the first first uh, thirty minute sprint we did. He got on the bike, remounted, did a couple more laps, and then uh, re done another 20, 25 minutes at the end there. So I think he was, he was just a little banged up. Nothing, nothing major, just, uh, you know, quad come down and landed on him. So if you can imagine, you know, what a 450 pound quad coming down on you feels like. Been there, done that. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> you know, some mornings when I wake up, I go, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> 
So yeah, I just, I try to keep a finger on, on so much of what's going on out there just because I like to know. Um, and you know, I, I've got to spend some time with Josh, you know, and I got to meet, um, uh, Hunter and Josh, when he was in California, put on such a good ride and such a good push. I always wondered what was his holdup. And I've asked him many times, what's your holdup when the green flag drops when you're out there? And, and he tells me most of it's mental. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he's definitely got the, got the speed and the pace and whatever you want to call it to run, you know, top five, six, seven, somewhere in there. Um, you know, I think the first part of the year he he struggled to to find that pace up front. He was a eight, nine, ten somewhere in there, and uh, I forget what race it was. I think it might have been the Millfield race. He got a a sixth, which was awesome. That was a that was a great ride for him, and hopefully he can get a couple more of those uh, to finish out the year. Yeah, I mean. It seems to me like from third place to to ninth place, that's a pretty stacked field. There's a lot of guys. Um, you know, you figure Devin and Cole and Hunter, McGill, um, Josh, Ford's on a good day. You know, he can get get in there. Uh, McClure, which un- un- unfortunately, he he broke his collarbone last race, so he might be out for snowshoe. But luckily, we got the uh, you know the summer break coming up, so he can get healed up and you know be back for the for the last four. But yeah, he's definitely uh, heck. He's been a podium guy this year. Um, yeah, he has been for many years. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that I hadn't seen him, and I did read that he had broke a collarbone. Uh, uh, he's one of the guys that I reach out to occasionally, and I just I think he I just don't think he likes to talk to the media. You know? Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot, lot going on too. I think he works a, a full time job, so he definitely keeps busy. And his girlfriend Kate, obviously, um, you know, he helps her on her bikes and getting them ready to go racing. So he's a busy guy. She's a top four in the in the pro women's division. Yeah, yeah, she's she battled for the championship last year, uh, just fell short. If you look at the top four in points in the women's now. Um, Hannah's got the lead by one point over Jess. Yep. Um, and um, the, the other two are right there. I mean, right yeah. there. Uh, Tracy's been in the mix, you know, yep. on GNCC champion. Yeah, she had the lead. She had, you know what? She might be in second. It might be Jess in third. I, I could have it mixed up. They've, they've been mixing it up all year. You know, it's, it's been good racing uh, for them girls and, um, you know, it's, I like seeing it. It's, it's uh interesting race in the watch in the morning. Do, do they stay pretty close to one another? For the most part. Yeah. They've had, they've had some good battles this year. You know, Tracy's been up in the mix there. Jess and Hannah and Kate. And, uh, there's been some new, some new blood into the, into the podium contention last week. They had, uh, Andrea Rogers and I think, uh, Morgan Soulsby, and yeah. she was so yeah. They've uh, got some new girls up in in there, which is good to see. You got some new young talent that uh, hopefully you know see more of on the podium in coming years. 
Well, yeah, they, they, it's it's got to happen because everybody cycles through. Hey, I want to ask a question about Chris. Um, he has moments of of, of flair to be fast. You know, he's a multi-time champion and he, he struggles with the Yamaha a bit. Um, I think that, I think that if he would really truly give it a chance, he'd probably embrace it and go much faster. Yeah. He's, uh, he did Ironman on the Yamaha last year and, um, had, had really good luck with it. I think he got a fourth last year at Ironman and, um, just hasn't been able to to find that same momentum or whatever uh, pace on it this year. Obviously, you know, they keep stepping the pace up every year. Um, but he's, he's been having some issues with it as he did the, the first, first go around on the Yamaha in 2015, I think it was, but uh, we're trying to help him get it worked out. He's, uh, he's been asking some questions and, um, I think he just, you know, obviously being a, a six-time champ and the most winningest, you know, rider in GNCC history, you know, he still has that, you know, driving mentality that he can, you know, still run up front. And I mean, I think he, I think he can. Just needs to to put all the pieces together. Well, I hope they, I hope they follow your lead and and take your advice because you're a seven-time champ and. And in the nine years that I've checked your career, just in the nine years that I've looked at, you have seven wins and and two and, and well, yeah, and two seconds. So that's nothing to shake a shake a stick at right there. You know, more than capable to give him good advice and get him and get him to the winner's circle. You know, at, but at thirty nine years old, you know, I mean, I don't know how old Bryson is. Uh, Walker's not old; he's still young. You know, yeah, he's twenty. Walker's Walker's twenty nine. I think Bryson's twenty, twenty six, twenty seven, somewhere in there. So he's not too far behind Walker. Do you think that that the difference for some of the ages and some of the different uh, disciplines um, that the woods is more strenuous, and that's why the thirty five up guys are having a little struggle? Yeah, I mean it's definitely. Uh, physically demanding you talk two hours some guys are running two and a half hours when we you know run a long race five laps leaders sometimes leaders will run 215 220 so you're talking you know another 30 minutes back to the last guy in the lead lap you know he can be running two hours and 50 minutes and so a lot of times it's the you know the vet a guys the the 30 plus um some of them can be you know Two two forty, two forty five, um, somewhere in that in that neighborhood of time, and you know, being like you said, thirty, thirty five, almost you know, pushing forty. That's uh, that's that's a lot of physical work. You know, not not saying that they can't <laughs> handle it, but compared to the you know the the teenagers and the guys in their young twenties, they definitely have to work a little harder to. Uh, you know, keep up with them guys. Yeah. That's, I just, you know, I didn't follow it a lot, but I was following it when Chris was winning. Um, and you always look because he was riding the Suzuki and, and you always want to see what the comparisons are and what are some of the things that are going on. 
but you know, I've watched him more since he switched to the Yamaha and then back. And it's just like he's missing a piece of the puzzle or two or, and when he finds them, then he replaces them with the wrong pieces or because he's not sure, uh, you know, it's just one of those games. He just, he, that he knew, knew that Suzuki so well. Yeah. He was on that Suzuki for uh, eight years, eight, nine years. So he definitely had it figured out. And Chris is, Chris is a little hard headed. He likes to, you know, obviously do things his way and, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he's, he's won a lot of championships and won a lot of wins too. So you can't take anything away from him. just, uh, you know, new machines, stuff like that. Um, you know, you can struggle with it if you're trying to, to do it on your own. His dad said he was hard headed too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to let that cat out of the bag, but like I couldn't let it, I couldn't let that one go. So when you're sitting there in the morning and you guys are preparing how much of that morning race do you get to watch? I don't go out and watch a whole lot of it. Um, if the if 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 it's bad conditions, muddy or anything like that, we'll go out and look at some of the track, decide whether we need to run big tires or small tires. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't I don't really watch a whole lot of the racing. Sometimes certain tracks I will. You know, just GNCC. It's pretty hard to go out and watch. You know, there's unless you're running around trying to catch different spots on the track, you don't you don't get to see a whole lot unless it's uh you know somewhere that that has a motocross track where you can see them a little bit and or some open field sections. Wow, that's do you ever get to see any of the four wheel drive guys? Do you pay much attention to them? Yeah, I watch them. You know, when I can, like I said, I don't, I don't watch a whole lot, but um, them guys. <laughs> It's crazy the speeds they, they run on those things. Yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive. As heavy as they are, I got, a, I got to talk to Cody, and I was impressed that, you know, because he came from the XC2 class, and to keep racing, he had to go to the 4x4 because of some physical conditions that he has. And um, that's just pure desire to want to ride right there. Yeah. I've never, I've never, never rode one, never raced one. I'd like to, to at least ride one just to, uh, just say that I, you know, I've ridden one and I know how they feel. I know, I think Walker's rode one a time or two and he said he doesn't know how they do it. You know, just racing a four wheel drive and it's, it's a lot to handle. Yeah. That's a big machine. Well, they come, most of them come with power steering. So you're, you're not having us to have a steering dampener in there. The problem is if something goes wrong in the, in, in the front end, you are in trouble. <laughs> sure. I'm parking it in the, I'm parking it in the weeds and I'm walking back. Rest on a grizzly bear. <laughs> yeah. No, no, thank you. So you, you told me earlier in our conversation before we started taping, um, you started training again. Yeah. Yeah. Every year we do the the GBC Harlan Challenge out in Iowa. It's a ten hour endurance race. Uh, Donnie Walker, myself, we've done it the last. I think twenty seventeen was the first year I did it with them. So we've done it every year since, except two thousand twenty. Obviously, with COVID, uh, didn't happen. And last year Walker didn't didn't end up going. He had a 
he had a sickness, so we had to get our buddy uh, Kenny Shick in there to uh, to fill in. But yeah, we're uh, typically I don't start doing anything until end of June, beginning of July, and you know I'm not anywhere at where I need to be fitness wise. So this year I decided that first uh, May I started started running and trying to get in shape. Dropped uh, ten pounds already, so. Been riding. I uh, got two local races under me already, and a uh, handful of riding with uh, Walker and Johnny. A couple nights. Last with, couple all the, with all the work that you have, how do you find time to train? <laughs> I mean, let's not say I'm training real hard. I uh, I get up in the morning and uh, get a couple miles under my belt. You know, put my running shoes on, and typically hit the uh, hit the road about. 7 a.m., get uh, two, three miles in, and call it good. Get, uh, get a shower and go to work. Well, that's, that's, that's better than no miles at all, right? <laughs> Definitely. It's uh, the little bit I have, I have run. Um, I mean, I've been running a couple times a week. First week, I, I went real hard, and I think I ran five days. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's made a huge difference. I did a local race here, I don't know. Three, three or four weeks ago, and first time I'd rode eight months. So I was, you you can imagine how uh, how sore I was the next couple of days. But I think I only made it about forty forty five minutes, and I you know I started to started to, to tank. Um, then we just did one here last last Sunday. So difference in a couple of weeks. Uh, we ended up going an hour and a half on this past Sunday, and I was I was still pushing at the end. So. I think my speed's gotten better in a few short weeks and endurance is definitely getting better as well. So you work on guys, machines like Walker Fowler and Hunter Hart and Johnny Gallagher, and I'm sure there's a few others in there. And then you go out and ride some of these races. Does that bring a whole new level of respect from those riders when they see you out there doing what they do and possibly doing it well? Um, yeah, I think so. I think they, uh, I think I, I think they respect what I, what I can still do on a quad. Um, obviously I was in the pro class for two years before, before I decided to retire. So the speed's still there. Just the endurance, you know, isn't quite there. Um, last year at Heartland, I, I was putting down some decent lap times. It wasn't, you know, anything that, uh, Hunter or Johnny and Josh was putting down, but, you know, I think I was, Minute, minute and a half, I think, off them in a mid or a 15 to 17 minute lap time, something like that. So I wasn't too far off, but um, definitely, uh, definitely wasn't able to run with them. So hopefully, starting to train a little bit earlier this year and riding, you know, maybe I can bridge that gap a little bit and not be uh, such an anchor for the team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. What is the difference between the challenge bike and a regular woods race bike that you would take to uh, to one of the GNCC races? So the only difference is we run headlights for the, the Heartland Challenge because it's part of the day or part of the race is in the day, part of it's at night. The last uh, three, four hours is at night. So we obviously have to have headlights um, gotta have some kind of taillight. You can basically just have a, you know, blinking light, um, that you pick up at Walmart or whatever. So that's what we use to put in the, the grab bar. And then we'll use 
our stock headlights, we make a special wire, special wiring harness just for that race that has the stock headlights. And then we also have a light bar that goes on the handlebar. And then also we'll run helmet lights on the helmet. Just in case any of the lights fail, we have, you know, we have backup. And what are the kind of the helmet lights that you guys run? We have um, Trail, Trail Tech or Trail Star. Trail Tech sounds normal. Yeah, I think Trail Tech. Baja Designs or Trail Tech are the are the two guys that have them, I believe. Yeah, I think they're Trail Techs. Um, I haven't looked at them in a while, so kind of forget what they are. <laughs> we'll look at them <laughs> one year. <laughs> I'll get them out in a few weeks and check them out. Maybe, maybe. Yep. <laughs> Do you run LEDs or just bone stock lights in the light bar? Uh, they're LEDs in the light bar. Yeah. The nice. uh, the stock the stock headlights are just the normal. Normal halogens, whatever. Um, are they just there for backup, just in case? No, they actually help because um, obviously with stock headlights, they're not moving with the handlebars, so they can still light up right, you know, out in front of the wheels. And then with the light bar on the handlebar, obviously when you're turning the, you know, turning the bars, whatever, you can see kind of like the direction you're going. So it helps to have those ones still down, you know, on the front on the front tires, so you can see what's on the ground. What's the weather generally like when you guys do that race? It's it's uh, beginning of August out in Iowa, so it's we've had some warm races out there, eighties. Uh one year I wasn't there myself, Walker and I think um Taylor Kaiser did it that year with them and possibly Thomas Brown. Um they said it was over a hundred, I think. So it was it was pretty hot. Oh, that's um, I haven't heard in a long time. Thomas Brown, yeah. Oh, Taylor Kaiser. Oh, Taylor, yeah. He's, uh, I think, last, last I know, he's still in, down in, uh, around Bowling Green. Uh, he married Bill Balance's sister. Okay. And, uh, he's been working on the farm. Oh, that's, that's a good, honest job right there, man. Yep. That'll take it right out of you. <laughs> you're sleeping good every night. Yep. Doesn't matter if you're stressed and you work so hard. The lights just go right out, <laughs> man. Sure. Uh, anything that, that that's you didn't expect this year? Um, I mean, I didn't. I didn't expect uh, to be eight rounds in and be forty-one points out of the lead, but that's it's uh, eighteen duration for you. Anything can happen. Well, yeah, I mean, I understand that you're a little biased because <laughs> Walker's your guy. I mean, I get it, it, it but you still have a, a race perspective, and I think you control it pretty well. You know, when I'm talking to you and you, the answers you give, um, you, you know, you might think something else inside a little bit and want to tilt just a little bit, but you you, you stay pretty neutral, and I like that. You know, yep. it, it makes better for the better conversation. And everybody knows who you are and everybody knows, uh, you know, where your loyalties lie. Um, I'd really like to get a hold of somebody in Bryson's camp uh, to hear their side of what's going on, because I can't get a good read from anybody on what that guy did training to get ready to come back out and battle at, at the, at the level that he did in those first few rounds. Yeah, he did. Uh, 
I think he got some type of performance, you know, performance coach, coach, athletic coach, whatever you want to call it. And uh, they really knew what they were doing because they, you know, they had him ready to go come round one. And I don't even think he had had much time on the bike just because he stays in Ohio all winter. So, you know, the weather conditions here aren't great, snow and cold weather and stuff like that. So he uh, he definitely made sure to get get ready fitness, you know, get back, you know, where he needed to be fitness wise. And I don't know if he was a hundred percent where he wanted to be. I think he made some comments, but you know, he was close enough to, to contend for wins, which was impressive. Yeah. Well, I hear he's a big, strong kid. <laughs> he's a beast. <laughs> well, I mean, you, they, they both have raised their level in speed and it's obvious in the, in the finishes and the distances that, that they're pulling on second and, and, and or third and fourth place. So they, they both have had to know Walker may have to be pulling it out because he knows that Bryson's, you know, raised the bar mm-hmm. and he just maybe instinctively knew. Yeah. Obviously he knew, I think coming into this year that obviously Bryson was going to be a, a contender again. Didn't know obviously when or how soon in the year, but he knew he was going to be coming. So, you know, obviously Walker had to elevate his game as well, um, you know, over the winter and make sure he was 100%, 100% healthy going into the season because, you know, you know, it was going to be a dogfight all year. You mentioned something to me earlier about focus. Um, and, and you, you, you directed the, 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 term to both of them um are they quiet in the pits or very focused to themselves guys yeah i mean they don't um i don't know how you know to themselves they are i mean obviously walker was still talking to fans and you know bryson as well but um you never really see them talking to one another i should say you know before the race they're uh, obviously they have a job to do and, um, you know, it's two hours and it can be stressful. So, you know, they're, they're just trying to mentally prepare themselves before, you know, before the race and, uh, you know, go out and get the job done. Yeah. Cause I just, I, I was thinking uh, the whole time we've been talking, I've been thinking in the back of my mind about the focus and um, someone told me not too long ago that, that Chad Weenan was kind of a, uh, loner by himself, individual, you know, and you spend so much time, you know, focusing on what you got to do and, and and keeping your mind straight that you don't have a lot of people around you or or interact a lot with the other racers. Uh, and I was just wondering if that's what those these two guys do. Yeah, I mean, I can't really say a whole lot, you know, for Bryson because obviously I don't hang around his trailer. But Walker, yeah, I mean, he definitely keeps to himself more than others. You know, Friday he'll he'll kind of just hang low in the motorhome for better part of the day, and then you know he'll get on his mountain bike mid afternoon, three four o'clock, and you know he'll go out and spend two three hours biking the track, just you know visualizing lines, and he likes to go out and do it by himself because you know that way you don't have that you know somebody else talking and you you might miss a line somewhere um, that you didn't see while you're talking. So yeah, he'll, 
you know, kind of keeps himself and not really hang out uh, with any of the other racers, you know, on Fridays or anything like that. So, and then Saturday morning, he typically sleeps till 10, 11 o'clock. <laughs> um, so it's uh, late morning before you see him. So he'll come over and, uh, you know, do any fine, fine tuning to the bike that he wants to do or final adjustments. And, you know, then it's, uh, spends 30, 40 minutes, you know, getting ready, just stretching and um, getting all his gear on and whatnot. That's, that's a pretty good routine, you know, not having to get up. I, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think I could go to the races and not get up early. It, it's, it's stressful for me at times. Um, obviously, you know, we got to take our bike to tech inspection and we, uh, we wait to do that till Saturday morning. So um, a lot of times, more so this year, I've been taking the quad uh, to test tech inspection, just get over with. But last couple of years, Walker was always, uh, you know, pretty adamant about doing it himself. Um, but this year, he's kind of just said, ah, just go ahead and do it. So I've been doing that. Um, so that way I can get attacked and then I can get, you know, batteries charging and, and whatnot um, and not be so, you know, rushed. Um, you know, one one thirty when it's time to go to the starting line. Right. You run a, a not to give any secrets away, which I'm assuming that we're not going to. You run like a twenty bar bolt system to allow it to start faster. If you run something different, that's fine. You don't have to tell me. No. Yeah, we, we run a twenty four volt setup. Uh, we run anti gravity battery, a main battery, and then a four cell kicker battery. It's pretty standard. Um, everybody. Pretty much in GNCC does it. If you want to get a good start, you uh, you better be running a twenty four volt setup of, of some sort. Yeah, we played with it. We played with it some uh, off and on uh, when I was working with Sloan. So <clears throat> it wasn't always on there because sometimes we had gate starts and there was just no reason to run it. Yeah. Uh, but what my point was is because if the little battery dies, the system dies. Is that one of the reasons why you're charging it in the mornings just to make sure it's where it's supposed to be? Yeah, obviously you want it uh, to make you know the, the full race, which honestly, I mean, they'll they'll go you know quite a long time before they need charged. Um, you know, practice bikes and stuff they they typically don't get charged, and they're you know so far dead that we just got to replace them. Um, but yeah, just uh, just like to charge them, get them you know fully charged, hundred percent when we go to the starting line, just so you know you can have that edge um, and hopefully get that whole shot. Right. I want to ask you a couple other questions about your machine because some of the product that you guys run in the woods is product that we wouldn't run on the West Coast. You're using some of the materials for the for the sprocket protector that have teeth on it where it helps them get over the tree roots. We're out on the West. We're keeping a solid round piece because we want to be able to bounce off rocks. So we actually don't use the, uh, the sprocket guards with the teeth. Mm -hmm. Um, just because the rocks and stuff that, you know, we, we do smash through in the woods and you can actually bend those teeth over on the sprocket guard and that can cause a chain derailment. So we actually just run a, you know, solid disc, just, Similar to you guys run out west. All right. The, uh, we've run that since pretty much since they came out, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. Do you, like, about, 
Do you like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, it's just it's it's the most bulletproof setup that uh, you can run. You know, we we tested some of those other you know guards with the teeth, and they just they don't seem to hold up. Do you run any of the systems that uh, like they have the um, for lack of a better ability to keep they 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 hold the counter shaft sprocket on? Let's say the nut came off and the sprocket would stay on and it keeps it aligned that way or would keep hold it in place. Uh, also to keep the chain from wedging between the sprocket and the swing arm. Do you guys run anything like that? No, I haven't seen any of those. What you're talking about the, uh, the sprocket not coming off. Um, but as far as the, you know, some of those chain sliders that kind of, you know, go up to the, to the front sprocket. Um, we've never really played with those either. We just run a, a poly case saber in case, you know, chain would pop off or, you know, snap. It doesn't get, uh, you know, I guess they can still get kind of, you know, rolled up in the counter shaft. Um, but the good thing about the, the poly case savers is, you know, you typically don't break a case when that happens. Right. 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 That's, that's just simple little things, you know, that, that, you know, some people, overdevelop all these things because I tried one of those deals that guaranteed never to wad your chain up between the sprocket and swing arm. First ride. Yep. First ride. I hadn't thrown a chain all year long. Really? And it wedges, you know, uh, just, it, it kind of frustrated me a little bit that, that what they advertised actually wasn't so. And then after the fact, I see a picture on the internet the chain all wadded up with those parts on there. <laughs> I was just like, well, I would have done that if, if I would have seen that picture ahead of time. Yep. Yeah, there, there's definitely, um, I won't name any of them, but there, there's definitely a few few brands out there that um, I, I, I wouldn't personally run. Um, just seen, you know, some issues with them or just fitment-wise and function, you know, functionality of them that just doesn't doesn't really fit my needs as a i'm going to transition this into you now as a mechanic you want to keep things safe and simple is that the goal that you're looking for yeah i mean definitely uh you know simpler the better you'd say um there's there's a saying kiss keep it simple stupid or keep it keep it simple stupid yeah um but yeah i mean there's no need to to overcomplicate things, which I think, you know, there, there's some companies out there that a few of their products do. Um, but all the companies we work with are, uh, you know, hands down the best, best in the industry. And that, that's why we run them. That's lots of testing, proven, proven wins. And, and if you're keeping it simple and you're maintaining things correctly, it's proven that it works over and over and over again. Definitely. Definitely. You know, a, a little bit of uh, maintenance and, um, you know, stuff like that goes a long way. Um, you know, no matter what it is you're doing, if you, uh, you know, you don't have to have a million dollars to, you know, to keep your bike running all year. It's just, you know, if you uh, take a little, spend a little time, you know, between each race and, you know, look over it and find, uh, you know, you might find something that might, might cause a DNF or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, if you if you fix it beforehand, you're 
you're just bettering your chances to to finish the race. One more secret question about your radiator system. How do you keep, because you guys ride in a lot of dirt, a lot of mud. And I know on some of the races you take the front ends, but I still see a lot of the times when you don't, and there's still heavy amounts of dirt. How do you keep the radiators clean? Uh, I know there's multiple different style fin systems out there. Uh, is there a, do you have a trick up your sleeve that, that works better so that you don't have to tape the front end? We actually tape our tape front end, front end off every single race. Um, no matter it's dry, muddy, um, taping the radiator in all conditions. I mean, we run a lot of field sections, um, where you get a lot of grass. The fan will, you know, suck that grass up and then pretty much just pulls it to the front of the radiator and, you know, blocks airflow. So anything we can, anything we can do to keep, you know, debris and grass or sticks or whatever from getting up to the radiator, you know, obviously helps us keep the bike running cool. So you'll see us, like I said, every race we'll have it completely taped off. And, um, yeah, just, uh, we'll also run some motorcycle radio radiator louvers that we put attached to the front, um, front shield of the radiator. Mm -hmm. Um, that helps keep, you know, grass, you know, if any grass does get up in there, it kind of stops it from getting all the way up to the radiator. So that way you can still get some airflow through, you know, around it. So that's, uh, that's all we do. Well, that's kind of odd that you tape every time. What, but if you have a system that works and you're used to it that way, that, hey, hey, that's more power to you. It's a lot yeah. of work, isn't it? Eh, it's not too bad. It's, it can be a pain at times, but, you know, it's the best thing we've, we've found to work. Some guys like running, uh, that blue furnace filter, um, in front of the radiator. We've, we've played around with it. We've played around some, some different radiator cards and, at the end of the day, the, the old, the good old duct tape works right. the best. Have you got a sponsorship through duct tape yet? No, no. We just bought it at our local Walmart. You need to send that resume in. <laughs> you know, you never know. They, they, they may come through with a couple of cases. That's, that's a good thing. We, we might have to try that. Good idea. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Mark, I want to thank you so much for taking the time with me. Uh, I made a joke earlier with you about some of the riders not reaching out. Um, and uh, that is commonplace. I, I know they're busy. I know they're focused. Um, but I really appreciate with all the work that you have going on that you took the time to uh, to give us an outsider's view of how it's going in GNCC. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Uh, always enjoy uh, coming on and talking with you. And um I think we're we're planning a, 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 another trip out west uh, this year, so I think we're going to try to make it out to uh, I think the the final round at, at Prim. I think it's at Prim again. Okay. So I think uh, Walker's going to come out this time, and Johnny's coming back, and I think we're uh, I, I think Hunter was talking about coming out, and he wants uh, redemption on the West Coast boys. He's talking about. Uh, Building a wide bike and everything this this time, so he uh, he's going to come more prepared than he did last year. Hey, keep me posted on what you guys have got planned, so that I can uh, work something out with you guys. Yeah, definitely. We're uh, we're we're planning to come back out west, so it'd be uh, be good to come 
come back out and hit another work trace and see all you guys out there. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.